Episode 51 is here, folks, with longtime Cleveland Browns reporter and analyst Tony Grossi. This is actually Tony's second appearance on The Optimal Life. So appreciate Tony calling in today to share his insight, thoughts, rumblings from Cleveland Browns preseason training camp and provides us uh, insight into what's going on there in Berea every single day and also what the uh, potential 2018 season looks like. So uh, like I said, really appreciated Tony coming back on and thought that this would be a good time for him to do it as Cleveland Browns fans are starting to get hyped up around this team, seeing the potential. We've been struggling for years and years, if not decades, to see a team uh, do well. And this one finally has the makings of a competitive team. Whether or not they win remains to be seen. But this team has the makings of one that can clearly compete with all the others in the NFL. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and welcome the one and only Tony Grossi. The Optimal Life. It's good, it's good. We're, we're in the dog days. In the dog days or in the dog pound or both? No, the dog days of the dog pound. <laughs> These days are long and hot. Yeah, they are. For me, let alone them. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, the Optimal Life Podcast, man. We've missed you. Hey, it's good to hear back from you, Nate. You're you're on you're on episode fifty one now. I think last time you were like mid twenties, so it's going I'm well. Moving up in the world. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Um, I appreciate your time, and I know that you're very busy. Um, but I wanted to re, you know reconnect with you and, and hear about what's going on over there uh, uh, at Browns Camp. So, what are your early impressions of of this team? What are some of the things that stick out to you so far? Well, my earliest impression before they played their first game uh, last Thursday, my, my first impression just being out here for practice was it looks like a different team. It's not the same team that we've been used to for the last two years, the miserable 1-31 team. And then I think that was verified, you know, in the first game. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I th- thought that was one of the funnest, preseason games i've seen in 10 or 15 years right because there were so many guys that popped out and and had you talking you know taylor landry uh mayfield higgins uh and of course callaway in the second half so um everything's been positive when was the last time when was the last time you had a a a preseason game that got you that excited can you recall i no, i can't right that's why i said 10 or 15 years it could have been uh uh, it could have been, you know, even before that. I mean, they've played, you know, they've won games in preseason, but that wasn't the point. The point was seeing those plays being made. And I, and, and I agree totally. I asked Hugh Jackson the question after that game, and his response, I couldn't agree more. He said, it's because of the quarterbacks. And, and to, in simplest terms, that's what it was. You saw quarterbacks doing things, back shoulder fades, uh, uh, scanning the field, staying in the pocket, going to his third read, and then completing the pass. Both of them. That um, well, Taylor didn't have a chance to go to a third read. He was hitting them right off the bat. But but Baker, you know, in that regard. So that was exciting to me because the only way they're going to turn this around is if they have outstanding play at that position. So let's start there. What are your take on? Obviously, Taylor's came to start. Uh, I know that 
he had some ill will feelings in Buffalo, and uh, he's got a fresh start here. He wants to prove the naysayers wrong. But does it end up the same for him? If you, if you look into your crystal ball, how does the season play out between him and Mayfield? Um, I think they stick to their plan uh, heading into the season. Uh, I thought it was important that he scored in the first game. Uh, it, it just to prove to everyone that we know what we're doing and, and the plan will work uh, externally. Internally, they're all on his bandwagon. But but I think I think it once the season starts, Nate, it comes down to wins and losses. I think they expect him to win. And if he doesn't win, and uh, and you know the, the the record gets lopsided, you will see a change, no doubt. But it's 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 possible he could play sixteen games if they're you know eight and eight uh, or or seven and nine and go into that last month with meaningful games there's no, no reason to make a change so you I, I recall you correct me if I'm wrong you weren't you weren't high on us taking Mayfield during the draft is that right Co- correct so Absolutely. so has anything changed since yes <laughs> he's changed my mind I mean yeah. I think he's doing outstanding I really I really uh, have been impressed and, and I was skeptical and uh, I don't know what his ceiling is in the NFL when they're playing in December, uh, but right now I think he's uh, succeeding my expectations, and it sounds like theirs too. Is so, Jar- is Jarvis Landry like? Here's the thing about Jarvis. I know he's tremendously athletic and, and everything, and I'm just wondering because following fantasy football over the last few years, Jarvis Landry's been like a you know middle of the road kind of wide receiver. Yeah. I feel like. And now he comes to Cleveland, and it's almost like you feel like we just got Odell Beckham uh, that came to the team, the way they're hyping him up. So is Landry that good? Was it the system he's in? Why, why is everyone so excited about him? Well, if you're a fantasy leaguer, you know he averaged 8.8 yards a catch last year, and that's not good. That's not good. Now, if you talk to him about it, it's because he they weren't giving him any routes other than underneath routes. For, to protect their quarterbacks. They had a quarterback issue last year. They went through two or three of them, I guess. And um, he was a dump-off guy, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, here, he's expanding. You know, Todd Haley is in charge of the offense, and, and I see him uh, running different routes that he probably didn't run at Miami. But I'll tell you one thing. He made another signature catch today in practice. Those, the, those one-handed jobs that uh, Hard Knocks featured in his Miami uniform in, in episode one. He does that every day. Really? Practice. It must be and an they, LSU thing, man. It must be what? It must be like an LSU thing, right? Oh, uh, you know, the only thing, the only difference between him and his good friend is, is that uh, Beckham's got a lot more speed. And yeah. so he breaks away and makes big games. That's interesting. You know, touchdowns. And, Maybe Landry will do that, give him the chance, but but that's what's held him back. I mean, he ran like a four six at the combine. Yeah, you know, when he came out. Yeah. So he was he was pigeonholed as a as a sort of, you know, possession guy from the start, and here's an opportunity for him to uh, to exceed that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just I'm cautiously optimistic because you, you know I've watched him play. I think he's a good player. Um, I feel like we're talking about him like he's a top five receiver, at least here in Cleveland. Because we maybe it's because we haven't had anyone to be excited about in, in yeah, years. Well, that's part of it. But yeah. I'll tell you one thing: he's dependable. He he doesn't take a playoff. He doesn't take a practice off. And if you look at his record at Miami, he doesn't take games off. And so many of these receivers, you know, they're in and out of the lineup. But the best ones, the elite ones, show up every week. 
and at least he's done that. Yeah, no, that's that's good to hear, man. I'm very excited about the. I'm excited about him and and the entire team. Uh, speak. Let's stick with the receiver for now. So you've got him, Callaway. If you've talked about, um, well, you know, I I just don't understand these guys, man. It, it's never going to change, but. You have an opportunity. Stay away from anything that can get you in trouble off the field. Yeah. Why is it so hard? Callaway, yeah. yeah. And, I've been uh, there. I've had clients. Yeah. I've had to have these conversations with clients when I was in the industry. Why is it so hard yeah. to keep your head on straight? This is your I chance. I don't know. In his case, he's lucky. He's lucky he wasn't impaired. He's lucky he wasn't tested because he wasn't. Uh, and he's lucky that uh, they gave him a big mulligan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but to not inform the team. Of, of, of a citation of that nature, given his history, that was his worst crime in their mind. So, and yeah, I saw that you said that um, I did not see the episode of Hard Knocks the other night, but you said obviously there were some there were some choppy holes. Can you elaborate on that with him and the whole situation? Well, yeah, it was never shown. And, you know, they had they showed the scene of Dorsey and Hugh Jackson uh, uh, interrogating him once they found out. And they never. Well, what they didn't show, I'm sure they asked them, but they didn't. The program did not show it. A, what were you doing out at three in the morning? Uh, B, why didn't you inform the team for three days? And C, did you smoke that roach or not? And that that the cop found in the car. Um, now I'm sure they received the answers to those questions, and I'm sure the questions were asked. I thought it was uh, wrong of HBO not to let us in on those because that's, yeah, that's the, yeah. that's the, the whole final point. answers to the story. Yeah, that's the whole know? point of this thing, right? <laughs> yeah, you would think. you, you got to so live I or die with the reality. The got involved and edited it out. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so you've got those two guys, like I said. And then what's what's all this talk about Des Bryant coming here tomorrow? Well, he's, he's definitely going to visit. He's not trying out. Des Bryant does not work out for anybody. Um, he, they'll probably get him a physical if he agrees to it. And I think they want to see what's in his mind. Is he coming in thinking he's going to be the man? Or is he coming in to compete for a job and they don't know what job that is? Uh, they really like the guys that are developing. Higgins, Callaway, and three other guys. Damian Ratley couple other guys undrafted guys and you they they've got to be careful not to sign des bryant you know the name and screw up what they have going because there's something going on here and especially in that receivers room with landry being the alpha male there and josh gordon still yet to arrive do you want to add that molotov cocktail to that mix of des bryant so what's going on with Des Bryant? I must admit I haven't been following. He's just a complete un- unrestricted free agent, and nobody signed him. Yeah, he was released by the Cowboys uh-huh. and uh, took it badly, and has has uh, not signed with anyone. Has tri- he turned down a three year offer from the Baltimore Ravens, uh, and has not been uh, heard from much other than to uh, get into a Twitter war with the Cowboys. So unbelievable. Uh, Unbelievable. Who's his agent? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I don't, oh, okay. You know me. I don't follow agents that much yeah. anymore now that you're out of it. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> the, the industry went to shit after I left. So it's yeah, okay. yeah, but it's... it's yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just curious because know, that's... He's that's not the same player as he was... Uh, He's you know, definitely not. He's definitely not, but he's a talent. I mean, he's clearly better than guys that are on other teams. Um, and but the, that goes to show you, 
you know, if you don't have the full package these days and, and there's the mental side of things that you're an emotional basket case, teams are going to be very hesitant to, to sign you. They don't care how yeah. good you might be. This isn't the old days where you can get away with it maybe a little bit more with the Randy Moss and Terrell Owens kind of stuff. Nowadays, Des Bryant not being signed to me is surprising, to be honest with you. But yeah. I think it's the mental stuff. Well, you know what's going to happen, and you know this. I mean, there'll be receivers go down, fall by the wayside yeah. in these next two weeks of games, and he, you know, that's also what he's probably doing is is waiting for the right opportunity, and and in the meantime, he'll come here to see on his part if it's the right opportunity, and the Browns have to decide if he's the right fit. Right. I personally wouldn't touch him with a ten foot pole. <laughs> see, there you go. So you're you're like the majority apparently, yeah. and. Yeah. Uh, no, that's uh, that's it. I, there's if I wouldn't want to be anyone right now, Tony. It's his, it's it, it is his agents or agency because he's probably getting phone calls from a hundred other agents right now, telling him that they can get him a better opportunity somewhere. So that's a bad place to be if you're an agent. No, this is just fantasy. I got to tell you, I think right now with him being uh, unrestricted. And not signed. I could be wrong in saying this, but I think they might agents may be allowed to be contacting him at, as a, at their leisure. I don't think they're breaking any rules. Um, I could be wrong about that, but well, you know what's weird is Dorsey, the, the GM, said uh, in New York to to us who were there uh, that uh, he's Des isn't answering my phone calls. Well, doesn't he supposed to call an agent? Or, right. You know, right. he may not be represented by anybody. He might not. Right he might not. Know. Hey, uh, Andy Sims or anyone else listening, give him a call. Uh, anyways, so yeah, so that's what's going on there. How about shifting over to shifting over? So the the wide receiver crew is getting you excited. It sounds like it sounds yeah, like yeah. Well, in conjunction with the quarterbacks, they seem to be right. getting you know some something going. Now. How is uh, Carlos Hyde been looking to you? Um, I think the running game is hard to evaluate. The running game is you know was non-existent in the first preseason game. Um, Occasionally here on the practice field when they're in live team drills, um, there's some successes. But generally the defense has been winning uh, in goal line situations, mm-hmm. which is, you know, what's important, I think. So uh, it's still a work in progress. It's, it's, I think they've been focusing on the passing game because that's what Haley's mostly about. But Haley insists uh, they got to run the ball, so we'll see how that develops. Who is May Packin, 104-year-old lady on your Twitter page? Yeah, she was here uh, viewing practice. She may be the oldest living Cleveland Browns fan, 104 years old, uh, from New Franklin, Ohio, I think. And wow. she was here visiting, and she said she was at the very first Browns game against the Miami Seahawks in 1946, AAFC game. Miami Seahawks. She- Guys, that's not, that's not a mistake. It All was right. the Miami Main Seahawks. All-America Football Conference in 1946. <laughs> wow, that is so cool, man. That is really, really cool. Somebody, somebody just told me that there's a, a, a real program from that game on eBay that is fetching like $1,200. Wow. Souvenir program. Uh, let's, let's, let's continue going through it uh, briefly. So offense to you is overall the receivers and quarterbacks have been more impressive. Uh, obviously, the tight that tight end he's he he's something special too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I made this comment the other day. He needs to be covered in order to 
catch the ball. <laughs> when he's helping is when he has a problem. Yeah, isn't that weird? And just yeah. like that touchdown against the Giants in the back of the end zone, he makes that play every day out here where he soars above two guys. So he's got it in him. He just loses focus when he's you know streaking open. Although he made he was so open in, in the Tyra Taylor uh, catch for the yeah. touchdown. So I think he's over his drop season. Let's hope so. You know, sometimes those those big tight ends that are super athletic. Like Njoku, those those yeah. athletic tight ends sometimes have that trouble holding onto the ball for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. I really don't know why. Yeah, I'll take a fat one who can catch any day. Yeah, give me give me Jason Witten all day. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you know Gary Burnagin is one good year. There. Exactly. Catch the ball. Exactly. At least you or or look at Anthony Gonzalez, maybe the best ever. Right? Those guys don't yeah. drop anything. Tony Gonzalez, I mean. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so shifting over to defense, what's what stuck out to you on the defensive side? Um, if they stay healthy, and, and mainly I'm thinking of Miles Garrett and Jamie Collins, mm-hmm. if those two guys could stay on the field together for a whole season, I think they they can be something special. But to me, those are the two guys that are playmakers on defense, and I think Garrett will be awesome if he plays 16 games. I think he'll be among the league sack leaders, mm-hmm. whatever that is, 15, 14, somewhere in there. And uh, um, the, the missing element now is the back end. And Denzel Ward was drafted for that reason, and they stocked up at that position. And Ward is a feisty little player, I'll tell you. Uh, out here, he makes a lot of – a lot. he gets his hands on balls, which I don't think a cornerback touched a ball last year in wow. <laughs> 16 games. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, but whether he can catch him and intercept him, you know, he only had two at Ohio State, I think, in his career. But anyway, they got to make turnovers, and to do that, Garrett and Agba have to put the pressure on the quarterback. Oh yeah, it's interesting. If you looked into your crystal ball, Tony, tell us how many games are we winning this season? Well, right now I'm at the number seven. Wow, seven wins. Wow. And remember when Mike Patton was his first year and his coach? That was uh, Brian Hoyer. They had him. You know, he, they were they were getting good play at quarterback. I'm not saying Hoyer was a superstar, but he was playing well. They were 6-3, and three, then they went to 7-4, and four, and then the bottom uh, dropped out. Wow. And this team is better to me, way better on paper, than that team that went 7-9. and nine. Yeah. So 7 is the starting point with me, and by the end of the preseason, I might go up or I may go down, but I think it's realistic. You know, that could be a lessons learned. I, I hope they don't do the same thing to Taylor where the team, yeah. right? You know exactly where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. yeah. They submarine Hoyer is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't see that happen. They're, they're in total unity with this plan, and, and people who think – Dorsey wants to see his draft pick play are wrong. Dorsey's the one who crafted this plan, who traded for Taylor, who acquired Drew Stanton as a mentor to be by his side for Mayfield. Mm-hmm. I think it's well conceived, and if they pull it off, all you know, okay, if Taylor doesn't win for some reason, all right, the next part of the plan is to put in Mayfield. So it's still part of the plan. It's part of the plan. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I think, I think Mayfield is really fortunate. He's he's surrounded by a great situation, and and for the first time, the Browns organization are trying to develop their young quarterback instead of just hoping he saves them. Right. That's really interesting. It's very exciting. You've seen a lot of the shit as we as we talked about on, on the last time you were here. You've seen it all, man. You've seen zero and sixteen. You've covered every single game. You've 
covered the glory days, the uh, the AFC Championship days back in the 80s. You covered some of the good moments in the 90s. Um, so for you to be saying, hey, this looks like a little bit different than the past 10, 15 years, that's, that's good news. Yeah, but I haven't seen it all. I haven't seen a championship. Well, that's true. <laughs> you're going to retire once it happens. Hopefully you're going to be alive for that. No. I won't. I won't retire. They'll drag me off. Hey, let's talk about something a little bit more important real quick. Um, uh, Your Twitter page. I see that you're still uh, sending people into the X-Files. This is exciting. Oh, yeah. I'm at about 2,600 blocked accounts. I'm trying to get to 3,000 before the season starts. Oh, that's hilarious. uh, You know, I get a kick out of it. Kyle Linden, good for you. Most people would probably shy away from it. You're like, bring it on. Kyle Linden, K Linden one. Mary, he writes at Mary K Cabot and Tony Grossi. Both are really terrible. It's a new er- it's it's a new era for the Browns. Time to have some new blood covering them. And Tony Grossi responds with, "Time for you to enter your new era in the X Files, buddy boy." <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. Anything I find offensive or insulting to me, and people say, "Oh, you have such a thin skin." No, I don't. I just have the power to block you. That's all. Exactly. Well, you know what? It's just like, would they like you just popping in their shit and telling them that they suck? I I wonder what why somebody wants to even do that. What you know? Like, what's the point? Is he happy now? Is he happy that he got your attention? Did that make him feel good? He's sitting around like eating ice cream all day on his couch without a job, without a job, and you're actually out working. Does he feel better about himself now? I, I, don't, I don't know. know but I, they shouldn't tag me. I mean, right. I, I don't want to see that stuff. It's like calling me up on my cell phone and saying you suck. You know, I mean, I don't yeah. want to hear that. I block you. I don't know how you get my phone number, but that's what my Twitter account is. Yeah, and so I don't if know want, this... if they want to say bad things about me. Just don't let me see them. That's all. Yeah, I don't know who this guy is by any means. Obviously, it's just one of twenty six hundred others that that have done the same thing to you. <laughs> I assume the the ones that are all black say the same. Like, like, like is it all kind of that kind of crap that they throw at you, or is it well, a variety yeah, of things? It's, it's insults, or, or uh, yeah. you got beat again, grossly, and, and you don't even know, you know, what you don't know, and and, and a lot of it, Nate, is my mood. If if I'm if if, if it pisses me off, I'll yeah. block it. Yeah. If I'll, if it brings a chuckle, I won't. But I'm not gonna. Um, you have different levels. You have different insulted. levels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been doing this too long to be insulted by some 16 year old, and then you can go on their bio, and it's like, oh yeah. my gosh, why did I, why did I even bother? He's got, he's got. You I know, know, he's got like there's he, like satanic verses on yeah. it and stuff. Like, <laughs> You're like, oh god, darn. I hope yeah. I really don't piss this guy off. Or it's like some some 16 year old that that's finally got like two chin hairs coming out of his chin for the <laughs> yeah, first time in his life, and, and he's telling I you. I didn't realize so many. Young people are on Twitter telling you, trolling yeah. uh, professionals. Um, we talked about uh, the players. Let's talk before we finish it off here shortly. Talk talked about the coaches. I know that there was some uh, some heated moments. I guess from what I saw on, on Hard Knocks. Can you tell me what's going on with our coaching staff and if everything's good? Well, um, the two coordinators, uh, Greg Williams and Todd Haley, are very competitive and passionate. Um, and and they uh, they had a little set to this week where where a defensive player knocked uh, Baker Mayfield down. Todd Haley got upset about it, and, and snarky Craig Williams uh, retorted in a way that uh, Haley got pissed about. And the two different the difference between those two guys is it's Greg Williams plays to the cameras. 
and Todd Haley doesn't. And they hate, they're both, they both have, they're both, they don't take any shit from anybody. But uh, Williams, you can see there's some animation involved in the him. Uh-huh. Whereas uh-huh. Haley's more authentic and gruff. And, you know, he, he gets down, he, as you can see on her docs, I mean, he doesn't hold anything back with his players or with his coaches. Right. And, uh, but they're both, you know, they both want to win. I get that. And, 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 uh, that's what happened the other day. And you're speaking about the coaches. This is like open season on Hugh Jackson. I mean, the poor guy can't do anything to get any praise. Everything he does is criticized nationally. I see it all the time. And I get calls from radio shows and they're asking me, you know, what is he doing with Callaway punishing him by playing him every down in a preseason game? And I find myself sometimes defending Hugh. In that case, I thought it was a smart thing to do after I thought about it because they developed that kid in that game. During the course of that game, he played through some drops in a tough week, and he ended up making two great plays at the end of the game, and they made a productive night out of it. Yeah. What good would it have been to sit him down? That's a reward almost. Uh, you know, but you know, they're not getting paid this time of year. Uh, they can't take a game check away from them. Right. So why would you sit them down? So, But the, my point is, everything Hugh does, it seems, right now is getting criticized yeah. because he's got that one of 31 stigma over his head. And yeah. the only way he's going to change that by winning in September. Yeah. You're, you're a hundred percent right. And, uh, uh, what, what is, what, what is your, at this point in, in the season and at this point of the year, like, what is your weeks like? Are you at, at Berea every single day? How does that work? Every day. Every, every day. day. Yeah. That's why I love this new CBA. They get a day off every five days, right? In the CBA, the players do. Uh, that means yeah. I don't have to come out here. But <laughs> if they're out here, I'm out here. And they're long days, man. Because, yeah. uh, like, what they, was today like? For someone that doesn't well, realize we, what you're doing. Okay, we do the interviews first. So we get players uh, around 1130. Uh, and then um, uh, you talk to players. You create your stories, whatever. Uh, you write them, post them or do your radio stuff uh and then practice starts at three o'clock so you got to be here for practice if you're following this team like, like i do and you sit through practice for two hours generally three to five and and then the coach talks to you after practice so now you're looking at five thirty. then i got a radio show i'm doing sometimes i'm recording uh, the tv show training camp daily on sports time ohio during the course of practice so i'm doing like f- three different platforms of media, writing on our website, talking on our radio station, and doing TV, trying to watch practice, take notes, interview players, interview coaches. By the end of the day, uh, I'm whooped. And I'm not even out on that field, obviously, but it's a long day. Are you still there right now, or are you on your way home? Yes. You're still there. I still got to get something done. Unbelievable. And and they ended practice early today at 4.30, wow. which was a half hour earlier than scheduled. So, But uh, tomorrow is a mental health day for me. No, that's great. Good for you. You obviously deserve it. Um, let's, fin- <laughs> <laughs> let's finish off with a few quick hits. I'm just going to throw out a few things, and uh, this could be a little fun. I'm throw out the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Give us the answer, and then we'll finish it up. Um, Do I have to say it in one word? Or you can say it in, in as many words as you, as you okay. need to, yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackson, true or false, Hugh Jackson will be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns in 2019. I'm going to say true because if if I'm right about this team, they're going to win seven games, and that'll be enough, I think, to save his job. Fantastic. Next one, 
Uh, the Cleveland Browns will have a thousand yard running back, a rusher this season. False. I, I think they'll have maybe fifteen hundred total, but uh, between Chubb and and Hyde and and Johnson will contribute to that. I don't think anyone's going to hit a thousand. Next one, the Cleveland Browns player, if any, or players, if any, to make the Pro Bowl in twenty eighteen will be Miles Garrett. Um, Joel Batonio and uh, Jarvis Landry. Wow, three Pro Bowlers! Look at that. <laughs> that's uh, that's impressive. Uh, you kind of already answered the other one, but number of wins this season for the Browns? Yeah, I'm I'm at that seven. I think seven is important because it's double digit losses if you win six. They got to get off of that ten losses and twelve losses and. 16. Uh, I think 7 and 9 makes it interesting also in December as it did in 20, uh, what was it, 14? Mm-hmm. I think. Um, so um, 7, and again, if you ask me this question uh, on the eve of the Pittsburgh game, I might have a different answer, but right now it's 7. <laughs> Last one, uh, and I'm not looking at the schedule, so I must admit, I don't know. But if there's one team that the Browns are going to upset this year, who's it going to be? Pittsburgh. Yeah. In the opener. Pittsburgh in the opener. That'll set the tone for the whole season. Wow. And if they lose that game, it will also set the tone. Yeah. So I think a lot rides on that game. I really do. Hey man, you are uh, you are definitely like I said before. You deserve uh, you deserve to see this team do well more than practically anybody. And uh, we will continue to stay in touch. I really really appreciate you coming on and sharing some insight today. All right, Nate, it was fun. Thanks. I'll see you again sometime. You got it, Tony. Thanks. All Have right. fun. Talk to you soon. Bye.